the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Thanks for joining us for today's edition of Ring of Truth with our pastor and teacher, Dan Sexton, Senior Pastor of Calvary Chapel, Ellicott City. Please join Pastor Dan as he teaches through God's Word. It wasn't about the stuff. It wasn't about the the blessings for Habakkuk or David or, or Job. It was about the blesser, not the blessing. It was about the giver, not the gift. It was about the hand that gives, not what was in the hand for them. And when a person follows God just for the stuff and just for the blessings, and those blessings are taken away, they become angry and they become bitter, and often they blame God. You took this from me. But when they follow God for who God is and because He is worthy of all glory, honor, and praise, and the blessings are taken away, they can still worship God. We read the stories of the Bible and the pages just keep turning. Sometimes we forget that these are real events that actually happen to real people. What would you do if God removed the blessings He's poured out in your life like He allowed in Job's life? How would you respond? Would you still worship God? Would you still serve Him? Sadly, there are folks out there that seem to only want connection with God for what He can do for them. God wants to enter into a love relationship with you. Now here's Pastor Dan in the book of Genesis chapter 22 for today's edition of Ring of Truth. Genesis 22, beginning in verse 1, is where we left off. Now it came to pass after these things that God tested Abraham and said to him, Abraham, and he said, Here I am. Then he said, Take now your son, your only son Isaac, whom you love, and go to the land of Moriah and offer him there as a burnt offering on one of the mountains of which I shall tell you. And so Abraham rose early in the morning and saddled his donkey and took two of his young men with him and Isaac his son, and he split the wood for the burnt offering and arose and went to the place of which God had told him. And then on the third day, Abraham lifted his eyes and saw the place afar off. And Abraham said to his young men, stay here with the donkey, the lad and I will go yonder and worship and we will come back to you. And so Abraham took the wood of the burnt offering and laid it on Isaac, his son, and he took the fire in his hand and a knife, and the two of them went together. But Isaac spoke to Abraham, his father, and said, My father, and he said, Here I am, my son. Then he said, Look, the fire and the wood, but where is the lamb for a burnt offering? And Abraham said, My son, God will provide for himself the lamb. For a burnt offering. And so the two of them went together. Then they came to the place of which God had told him, 
And Abraham built an altar there and placed placed the wood in order. And he bound Isaac his son and laid him on the altar upon the wood. And Abraham stretched out his hand and took the knife to slay his son. But the angel of the Lord called to him from heaven and said, Abraham, Abraham. And so he said, here I am. And he said, do not lay your hand on the lad or do anything to him. For now I know that you fear God, since you have not withheld your son, your only son from me. And then Abraham lifted his eyes and looked, and there behind him was a ram caught in a thicket by its horns. And so Abraham went and took the ram and offered it up for a burnt offering instead of his son. And Abraham called the name of the place the Lord will provide. As it is said to this day, in the mount of the Lord it shall be provided. And then the angel of the Lord called to Abraham a second time out of heaven and said, By myself I have sworn, says the Lord, because you have done this thing and have not withheld your son, your only son, blessing I will bless you, and multiplying I will multiply your descendants as the stars of the heaven, as the sand which is on the seashore, and your descendants shall possess the gate of their enemies. In your seed all the nations of the earth shall be blessed, because you have obeyed my voice." And so Abraham returned to his young men, and they rose and went together to Beersheba, and Abraham dwelt at Beersheba. Now it came to pass after these things that it was told Abraham, saying, Indeed, Milcah also has borne children to your brother Nahor, Huz, his firstborn, Buzz, his brother, Kemuel. You thought it would rhyme with Huz and Buzz, didn't you, you know? the father of Aram, Chesed, Hazo, Pildash, Jitlaf, and Bethuel. And Bethuel begot Rebekah. These eight Milcah bore to Nahor, Abraham's brother. His concubine, whose name was Rumah, also bore Teba, Gehem, Phahash, and Mekah. So it has been 50 years since God first called Abraham and Sarah to leave their home in Ur of the Chaldees. So for 50 years now, Abraham and Sarah have, have been on this journey of, of faith. And verse 1 now tells us that at this point, God tested Abraham. God tested Abraham's heart. God sought to prove Abraham's heart toward him, towards God. For 50 years, Abraham has been on kind of this exciting adventure with God, living the life of faith, seeing the Lord's goodness all along the way. Uh, if, if you think back to chapter 12, when God first called Abraham, God said to Abraham, if you follow me, I will bless you. I will give you a land of your own for you and your descendants. And I will make of you a great nation and I will make your name great and all the earth. And even though Abraham didn't know God, Abraham said, that sounds great to me. I'm in. I'm on board. Let's go. And then God said to Abraham, Abraham, that's not all that I'm going to do for you. I will bless those who bless you and I will curse those who curse you. To which Abraham said, that sounds awesome too. I'm on board with this plan, God. 
And then God said to Abraham, I'll also give you a son that will come from your wife, Sarah. Your wife, Sarah, will no longer be barren. And through that son, all the nations of the earth will be blessed because through Isaac will come the Messiah, Jesus Christ, the Savior of the world. To which Abraham said, all right. That sounds great. That sounds wonderful. I love it. And off Abraham went. Abraham and Sarah go off with the Lord. And for 50 years now, Abraham and Sarah, they've been blessed by God. God has prospered them and given them this promised son. And and, and God has, has, has gotten Abraham through crisis after crisis and worked through every issue that has arisen in Abraham's favor and blessed Abraham even more. Even when he made mistakes, Abraham came out of those mistakes even wealthier than before, more blessed than before. And all Abraham has known is blessing after blessing after blessing from God. But now God comes to test Abraham. To test him. To prove his heart. To prove his heart toward God. God says, I want you to give me your son Isaac. Whom you love. Up to now, all that Abraham has known from God is blessing. Abraham's experience with God up to this point reminds me of, uh, of, of the grandparents who come to town and they have gifts for their grandkids and they take the grandkids out for ice cream and candy and they take them to the movies and the zoo and they play with them and it's, and it's all fun and, and goodies and, and stuff when the grandparents come to town and the grandkids love it when the grandparents come to town because every, everything they get from the grandparents. I mean, what grandchild wouldn't love grandparents like that? Well, that's kind of like Abraham's experience with God up to this point. It's been nothing but blessing after blessing after blessing and just the goodness of God upon his life and upon his family. I mean, even when he makes mistakes, God still blesses him. He can't screw this up, you know. But now God comes to test Abraham's heart. And he says, I want you to give me your son. Son whom you love. And here's the test. And I want you to don't don't miss this. Here's the test. Here's what God is really asking Abraham by asking for his son, Isaac. What God is asking Abraham is, am I more precious to you than anything I've ever given you? Am I more precious to you than anything I've ever given you? Are you are you in love with me, the giver Or are you in love with the gifts that I get? Are you you just in this for the stuff, Abraham? Are you just in this for the blessing? Or are you in it because you love me? And that's what I need to know from you, Abraham. This test that Abraham faces here, I believe all of us face at some point in our journey of faith with the Lord. At some point... He, he comes to each of us and asks the same question. He comes to each of us and asks, are you following me just for the stuff? Are you following me just for the blessings? Or do you love me for me? And the way that God does that quite often is he comes to us and says, I want you to give this to me. This thing that you love. Maybe it's a child, maybe it's a spouse, maybe it's your health, 
Maybe it's your mobility. Maybe it's your career. Maybe it's your finances. And God says, I, I want you to give this to me to prove your heart toward Him. And I, I, I believe at some point in our Christian life, we all face this kind of test, this kind of proving. Am I in this just for the blessings? Or do I really just love God? Job in the Old Testament, he faced that test. And he passed that test. If you remember the story of Job, Satan said to God, the only reason Job loves you is because you've blessed him and prospered him. If you take away what Job has, he will curse you to your face. In other words, Job, Job only loves you, God, because of the stuff that you've given him. You take away the stuff and he will forsake you and he will curse you to your face. And if you know the story of Job, everything was taken away from Job in a single day. All of his wealth, all of his property, all of his children perished in a horrible accident, all in one day. And, and what did Job do? When Job received the news, it says he arose, he tore his robe, he shaved his head, and he fell to the ground and he worshipped. That was Job's response. Job responded with worship. And he said, naked I came from my mother's womb, and naked shall I return there. The Lord gave, the Lord has taken away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Job responded with worship. Job passed the test. He came, he came through that tragedy, blessing the name of the Lord. Job loved the blesser. More than the blessing. David also went through that test. David, if you remember, he had this infant child with Bathsheba. The child became sick. David prayed and fasted that God would heal his child, but the child died. And when David received the news that his child had died, it says David arose from the ground. He washed and anointed himself. He changed his clothes and he went into the house of the Lord and he worshiped. He responded with worship. He passed the test. David's heart was for God. Not just the blessing. Not just the stuff. For I think of the end of the book of Habakkuk. You know if it's out of Habakkuk. It is of the Lord, right? This is how the book of Habakkuk ends. In Habakkuk chapter 3, verse 17 Listen to what Habakkuk says. Though the fig tree may not blossom, nor fruit be on the vines, though the labor of the olive may fail, and the fields yield no food, though the flock may be cut off from the fold, and there be no herd in the stalls, yet I will rejoice in the Lord. I will joy in the God of my salvation. The Lord God is my strength. He will make my feet like deer's feet. He will make me walk on my high hills. It wasn't about the stuff. It wasn't about the, the blessings for Habakkuk or David or, or Job. It was about the blesser, not the blessing. It was about the giver, not the gift. It was about the hand that gives, not what was in the hand for them. And when a person follows God just for the stuff and just for the blessings, and those blessings are taken away, they become angry and they become bitter, and often they blame God. You took this from me. 
But when they follow God for who God is and because he is worthy of all glory, honor and praise and the blessings are taken away, they can still worship God. And they can say, yet I will rejoice in the Lord. I will joy in the God of my salvation. The Lord God is my my strength. And this is the test for Abraham now. This is the test for Abraham. Abraham has known, you know, 50 years of just blessing after blessing after blessing. And now God asks Abraham, do you love me just because of the blessings I provide for you? Or do you love me for me? Abraham, I want you to give me your only son. The son whom you've loved, the son whom you've waited for. Longed for so that I I can I can see. Your heart. Toward me. So verse two, Abraham, it says. Here God says to Abraham, take now your son, your only son, whom you love and go to the land of Moriah and offer him there as a burnt offering on one of the mountains of which I shall tell you. Now, just a few things to note about verse two. First of all, God calls Isaac. Your only son, Isaac. But we know that Abraham had another son, Ishmael. If you remember, Ishmael was a work of Abraham's flesh. He was a work of Abraham's flesh. We saw in an earlier chapter that God loved Ishmael. God had a plan for Ishmael. God was going to bless Ishmael. But here, God does not recognize Ishmael as a son. He only recognizes Isaac the son of promise, which shows us that God does not remember the works of our flesh. Pastor Dan will share the second half of today's message in just a moment. But first, he'd like to take a moment to tell you how you can receive prayer for your needs. Do you need prayer today? Every week we receive prayer requests from our listeners. If you need prayer for anything at all, we would like to pray for you right now. You can share your prayer request with us through our website, calvaryec.com. Again, that's calvaryec.com, or through our church app, or by calling us at 410-491-4592. And can I ask you to pray for us as well? Pray for the Ring of Truth radio ministry as we bring the Word of God to those who need it. Thanks, Pastor Dan, and thank you for praying. Now let's finish today's message doesn't remember the works of our flesh. Through Jesus Christ, the works of our flesh are forgiven and they are forgotten by God. And that is good news for us, right? Because we've got a lot of works of our flesh. Next to verse 2, you can write the words, hip, hip, hooray. He doesn't remember the works of our flesh. He doesn't recognize them. The second thing we can note about this verse, verse 2 is this is the first mention of the word love in the Bible. And it's speaking of the love of a father for his son that he is about to sacrifice. Hmm. The third thing we can note here is God tells Abraham to go to the land of Moriah and offer his only son on one of the mountains there. Moriah is in Jerusalem. Second Chronicles chapter three, verse one tells us that Solomon built the temple on Mount Moriah. And near to Mount Moriah, right next to Mount Moriah is Mount Calvary. Golgotha, where God offered his only son, whom he loved, 
Jesus Christ as a sacrifice for the sins of the world. Near to the same place that Abraham offers Isaac. Abraham offering Isaac at Moriah is a picture of God the Father offering his son, Jesus Christ, on the cross. In Galatians chapter 3, verse 8, the Apostle Paul says the gospel was preached to Abraham. Jesus said, Abraham rejoiced to see my day. Well, when was the gospel preached to Abraham? When did Abraham see the day of Jesus Christ? At Moriah. At Moriah, when he offered his only son, Isaac, whom he loved. Abraham saw the gospel of Jesus Christ on this day. Verse 3, it says, So Abraham rose early in the morning and saddled his donkey and took two of his young men, his servants, with him and Isaac, his son. And he split the wood for the burnt offering. And he arose and he went to the place of which God had told him. I want you to note here Abraham's obedience. He arose early the next morning and he headed out. He didn't delay. He didn't hesitate. Even though I'm sure this was very emotional for Abraham. I'm sure it was uh, difficult for him to obey God. But he obeyed God immediately. When God tells us to do something, we should obey him immediately and without delay. Even if it's difficult for us to do. So then on the third day, Abraham lifted his eyes and saw the place afar off. So it's a three-day journey from Beersheba up to Moriah in Jerusalem. The third day here, of course, that reminds us of the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Abraham doesn't fully understand what's happening here, but his son is going to live on this day. It will be, Hebrews tells us, it's as if his son is resurrected. And it's on the third day that he lives. And Abraham said to his young men, and watch what he says here in verse 5. He says to his two servants, stay here with the donkey. The lad and I will go yonder. Sounds like Uncle Jed from the Beverly Hillbillies. The lad and I will go yonder and worship. And we will come back to you. He says, the, the lad and I are going to worship. This was an act of worship. Remember like we saw with Job and like we saw with David? Abraham worships God in this test. And it's an act of worship not just for Abraham, but it's an act of worship for both Abraham and Isaac. The, the lad and I are going to, to worship. You know, we talk about the faith of Abraham. We shouldn't forget the faith of, of Isaac. Isaac was infected with his father's faith in God. They, they do this together. They go together. Isaac was a willing participant in this with, with his father. You know, Isaac was about 30 years old at this point. I know in the children's Bible storybooks, Isaac is always portrayed as a little boy. I know there's songs on the radio that makes Isaac sound like this little boy who doesn't know what's really happening. But that's not true. I don't mean to burst your bubble with that. There was a song, I don't know, about 10 years ago that was on the radio all the time. And it's this father, you know, leading his little boy Isaac up this mountain to offer, you know. But Isaac's 30 years old. Now, Abraham at this point, his father, is well over 
a hundred years old. He's an old geezer. Isaac could have escaped this situation if he wanted to, being 30 with a dad who's over a hundred. He could have outrun him. He asked me how I know, and I say, brings truer than the finest crystal. Thanks for tuning in to today's edition of Ring of Truth with Pastor Dan Sexton. Pastor Dan has been teaching through the book of Genesis verse by verse, chapter by chapter, and we encourage you to keep reading on your own. As you go through Genesis, it's important to not lose sight of the bigger picture of God's plan. You get some valuable insights into God's character through this book and how He interacts and intercedes with those He's created. Would you like to listen to more teachings from this series or explore other message series from God's Word? If so, visit our website, calvaryec.com. You can also subscribe to the Ring of Truth podcast. It's a great way to keep connected to the teaching of Scripture. We'll notify you every time we upload a new episode. You'll find a link to subscribe to our podcast at our website, calvaryec.com, or just search for Ring of Truth in iTunes. We also want to encourage you to find a church home that will help guide and support you in your walk with the Lord. It's important to spend time in fellowship with other believers. The body of Christ functions best together after all. If you're ever in or near the Columbia, Maryland area, we'd love to have you join us at Calvary Chapel, Ellicott City. Visit calvaryec.com to find directions and get more information about joining us at Calvary Chapel, Ellicott City. That's all we have time for today. Tune in next time to continue this study in Genesis right here on Ring of Truth. I see the signs and I recognize the hands that crack. General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.